welcome to another episode of Mindset to Mastery, the podcast. I am your host, Keisha A. Rivers, President and Chief Outcome Facilitator of the CARS Group, where we facilitate outcome by equipping people to embrace and manage change. And on this episode of the podcast, I wanted to talk about when words get in the way. And with everything that's going on right now, we're still in the midst of a global pandemic. We have economic issues. Um, We've, I think, officially been uh, designated as being in a recession. We have a number of protests that are taking place because of, um, as a result of of the murder of George Floyd and um, systemic racism and discrimination and inequities in the U.S. And so because all of this is kind of boiling over at one time, we're finding a lot of organizations um, and individuals for that matter are being faced with a lot of changes and a lot of um, opportunities in order to change old systems, to correct old wrongs, and to create new ways of, of doing, thinking, and being. Well, with all of this change that's in the air, with all of these things that people are calling for and demanding and, and, and shining a light on, I have found in a number of instances that even though you may have people who fundamentally are on the same page as far as what they want and what their goals are, for some reason, what should be respectful discourse and open conversations dissolve into arguments and name calling and you know just disrespectful engagement and so a big part of what i do is i facilitate difficult conversations i facilitate conversations around change i facilitate conversations and strategic planning sessions around what needs to be what needs to be shifted in order to create different and better outcomes Um, I have difficult conversations with people about their role in either not supporting change that needs to happen or figuring out a way for them to create a new normal um, that is so different from what they're used to. And one thing I already know, change, as I keep saying, is a process that begins with an event. But so often the event is so emotional and triggering and chaotic that a lot of times when we're trying to have a discourse or create a dialogue or have these open, transparent, vulnerable conversations about things, it gets lost in the emotion. It gets lost in the reaction. And so the process of change is already messy. You know, conversations about race, about racism, uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, weaknesses, conflicts, failure, um, privilege, All of these things are emotional triggers. They're emotional buttons. And because people are already emotional, you want them to be more transparent. You want them to be vulnerable. You want them to share their stories and their perspectives as a way of opening up and creating an opportunity for new dialogue and and greater understanding. So there are a lot of things that are flying back and forth that people normally would keep under wraps. All of that has completely blown up now. When you go on different social media platforms, there used to be a separation between 
you know, LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Pinterest and, and what is allowed, quote unquote, on each one. Well, those boundaries have dissolved because everyone is open and needing to talk about what is going on. They're needing to talk about the change. They're needing to talk about their reactions. They're need, needing to share their experiences and talk about their emotions. And so words matter. If you have a misunderstanding in the words that you're using, that can block any efforts to move forward. I have seen argument after argument happen in the comment section as well as on posts when people are sharing information and they're talking about what, they, what, they're, what they're trying to do and what they feel. And conversations between people that are meant to be collaborative and in agreement end up dissolving into discourse and discord. And so what do you do when words get in the way? What do you do when there is a misunderstanding? What do you do when people are triggered by words that you use? What do you do when people are using words based on their perspective, based on their experience, based on their background, based on their beliefs, and even based on their subconscious or implicit biases, and because of the words that they're using, you can't find any common ground. I'll give you a classic example. The debate between Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter. I'm not even gonna get into Blue Lives Matter. But the whole notion of lives matter, blank insert blank here of whatever word or whatever group that you are, you are adamant about highlighting. And I've found people who post Black Lives Matter and then someone comes in and says All Lives Matter and then it dissolves into this whole argument. And I had an experience where a, um, a person, you know, I made a post and I shared some information about, um, you know, how we need to come together as individuals and how we need to learn how to listen to each other and how in, in the midst and in the, in the opportunity that we have within all of this change, to be able to create something that's going to be better, to, to be able to amplify the voices of those who have been disenfranchised and marginalized and, and really identify our allies and people who can wield their privilege in ways that is going to be supportive of getting through this into creating something new. And I posted this and, and someone posted all lives matter in all caps. And yes, I'm an African-American woman. When someone says all lives matter, that's a trigger for me. It's a trigger for a lot of black Americans because we look at that as being a dismissal. We look at that as it has been used and wielded as a weapon and turned into something that's meant to diminish, dismiss, and quiet our voices and our experiences. And so, when I saw that post, instead of immediately being upset, immediately deleting it, immediately saying, oh my gosh, here we go again, I decided that I was going to reach out and I was going to ask the person by private message, can you explain to me what you meant by that? And she proceeded to explain what she meant, the fact that she thought that, you know, she didn't want to single out 
any one particular group over another because she felt that everyone was equally valuable and, and everyone's lives mattered and she wanted, she believed in a, um, a culture, in a community where everyone would be equal and everyone would work together. So she didn't want to single out one person or one group over another because she felt that was being disingenuous to her heart of loving everyone equally. Perfectly fine, I understand. But I had to get her to understand that her saying that because of the fact that those words had been weaponized by other people who did not have her heart, who did not have her consideration of others, it had been weaponized and used as another means to diminish, to dismiss, and to, um, to, to, to cause disconnection. And so we had a dialogue, we had a conversation going back and forth about what it is that we believed and why we believed it and what our experiences had been. And it was really open and transparent. And it allowed each of us to get a different perspective of the way the other person thought. So when you are going through difficult conversations, when you are going through the process of change within your own organizations, within your teams, within your community, within your families even, and you're trying to figure out, how do I get past the words that seem to be getting in the way and making it difficult for me to really get at the root of the matter? And so on today's episode, I want to give you three things that I've found that work when I'm working with organizations and I'm working with teams and even in my personal life as I'm going through you know, trying to educate people and trying to share information about how they can be more effective with change and how they can navigate this process of change and how we can equip people to be able to understand better how they need to present themselves and go through this process of change. So the first thing, if you are in the process of talking to someone about any type of widespread change, anything that you want to shift and that you want to create something different or something better about, and you find that you're having issues with your words, you find issue, you find issue in the definitions of certain terms that are used that are triggering to others and dismissive to others. So the first thing is you have to establish a common baseline. We need a foundation of understanding. We need to speak the same language. So if you as if you speak Spanish and I speak English, and I know a little bit of Spanish and you know a little bit of English, we need to come together and figure out the words that we both understand so that we can actually have a conversation and be on the same page. Now, keep in mind, when you're establishing this common baseline, you have to choose words that are not triggering. You have to choose words that are not wrapped in emotion. You have to choose words that are not seeped in uh, a, a, a different pers a perspective that has been traumatizing or diminishing or dismissive. And so this is really going to require some honest, open, transparent dialogue. You are going to have to be more aware of yourself and the ways in which you respond and react. And you are going to have to be more empathetic and learn to listen actively to the person that you're speaking to and the person that you're listening to. You are going to have to ask probing questions. You are going to have to make sure that you are checking for understanding, that you are paying attention to cues, context, 
context cues, clues of what they what they say, the 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 um, the the circumstances around it, the body language, the way they tense up, the way they react, the way they respond. You're going to have to really actively listen and actively ask questions and and actively participate. So that means if someone says something and it's triggering, you're going to need to stop and ask for clarification. If you say, if you're listening to someone and it's it's something they say is triggering, you're going to have to stop and ask for clarification. Coming to a meeting of the minds of what we all mean by these words and understanding how it impacts each person that is within this group is key if you want to make sure that you are laying a common baseline and establishing a solid foundation from which to move. You cannot, you cannot undertake the process of change if there is discord and dysfunction and dismissiveness when it comes to the language that you're using. Because change requires communication. It requires us to have really tough conversations. It requires us to be completely vulnerable and transparent. It requires us to dig deep and not just skate along the surface in order to really get at the root of what it is that needs to be shifted and needs to be changed. So that's one, establishing the common baseline and a foundation of understanding so that you can speak the same language without triggers. Second, ask, don't assume. A lot of times when we hear certain words and we hear, you know, someone makes a comment or someone posts something, we assume that we know what they mean because we're reacting to what we think that means. We're reacting to the words. Now, if you have not established the baseline where there's a common understanding of the language that you're using, then this step, as far as asking, not assuming, is one that you're gonna spend a lot of time doing. Now, granted, there are certain words that people use and certain things that they do that you know exactly what you're doing. You know exactly how that's triggering. You know exactly what type of hurt and pain you are causing. You know exactly what you're doing and trying to diminish or dismiss someone else. You know exactly what you're doing when you are trying to establish dominance and wield your privilege. I'm not talking about those instances. I am talking about the people who legitimately don't understand that what they're saying is triggering. So ask, don't assume. The example that I gave earlier with the person who commented, all lives matter, I asked, I didn't assume. Now there are some people that based on their track record and based on their, your past experience with them, you know exactly what they're saying. And I'm also not telling you to give the benefit of the doubt to someone who is obviously, obviously being racist or dismissive or divisive. Someone who obviously is, is setting themselves up to be better, setting themselves up to know it all, being closed off to actually having a conversation and seeing things from someone else's perspective. You can ask and not assume, but Sometimes you, you have a better sense of exactly what it is that they're trying to say based on their track record. So you can use your best judgment when it comes to that. But when you're asking, not assuming, you're asking probing questions. You're not assuming that you know their motive and their meaning. 
you are taking the time to invest in having a deep conversation. There's another podcast episode that I, done, that I did in the past that talked about questioning strategies. It talked about how you ask questions is just as important as the answers that you're looking for. So many times we ask leading questions that will give us the answer to confirm what we think we already know. And that is not the way to ask instead of assume. When you're asking questions, you're asking things like, what is it about this situation that made you say that? How is this the different or the same or similar to this situation? Can you please provide an example to me of what you mean, of what this looks like in action for you? Having an opportunity to go above and beyond the surface and really listening and really asking questions that are going to require the other person to think deeply before they answer. That is how you ask and not assume. And the third tip is to restate in order to refocus. So for example, if I say, we have to endure these uncomfortable, difficult conversations about racism because they want us to fix old problems that have been here for years. Does that really give you any desire to participate in this process? Does that really make you feel as if this is going to be something that's going to be open and, and constructive? Or do you automatically go in with your guard up and feeling as if this is going to be something that I am not going to enjoy at all. Now compare that statement to, we get the opportunity to participate in transparent, collaborative conversations about diversity, equity, belonging, and inclusion in order to create solutions for a better way in combating systemic racism and discrimination. Completely different way of phrasing it. And as a result of the words that I use, that is going to set the stage for what people are expecting, how people show up, how they engage, how they participate, how fully and transparently that they are able to, to communicate, and what they're actually going to expect from the process. Because when you restate in order to refocus, you restate to move the focus away from triggering language. You restate to move, remove the focus away from emotional triggers. You restate to move the focus away from the negative and things that people feel powerless about. And you start focusing the, focusing the conversation and focusing the attention on what's possible, on what you can create on what you have power and control over, on actions that you can take that, is, that are going to get you to a desired result. The one thing that kills any type of change is negativity. It's people feeling as if whatever I do is not gonna make any sense at all, it's not gonna make any difference at all because psh, why bother? If I'm being forced into something, I don't really wanna do it. If I am being required to do something, if it's difficult, if it is chaotic, 
it, if it's disruptive, it, if it's uncomfortable, if we're using this type of language to, to describe a process of change, no wonder people don't want to do it. Our words are getting in the way. So I want to challenge you. Think beyond the words that you naturally want to use and instead think from a perspective of trying to bring people together. Think based on a perspective of trying to create a solution. Think based on a perspective of how do I get people to be transparent and vulnerable and show up fully and authentically in this process. Because if your words start getting in the way of your intention and your words start getting in the way of any potential action and your words start getting in the way of any opportunities for connection and collaboration, then your process of change is doomed from the start. We cannot allow something that we can control, which is our words and the things that we say. We cannot allow those to be the primary drivers of the process of change where we end up separating people before we even have a chance to bring everybody together and truly understand what it is that we're trying to do. So think about your interactions with people during this time. Think about all of the different ways where people's emotions have gotten the best of them and instead of thinking through how can we come together when use this opportunity to create something that is new because everybody wants something different, how are we missing the boat? Because we're allowing our words to get in the way. How are we missing and blowing a golden opportunity to finally create long-term systemic change that is going to be successful and that is going to be sustainable and that is going to make life better for everyone just because we're allowing words to get in the way. Now, don't get me wrong. I am not being dismissive of language. I am not saying, well, all we have to do is just change the way we're describing things. And why does it matter what, it, what you know, the words that you're using? Because if you just change those, then everything will work out. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying you need to understand that the words people choose matter because the words people choose are reflective of their experience, they're re reflective of their perspective, and they're actually reflective of their mindset. So if you truly want to impact change, if you truly want to create opportunities for people to collaborate, if you truly want to lay a foundation for people to come together and really do good, then you have to look beyond your understanding, your perspective, to really figure out what is it about these words that is getting in the way? What is it about what's being said that is getting in my way, that is prohibiting me from really seeing this other person and really seeing this situation for what it is. How am I allowing the words to get in the way? So I hope this has been helpful for you. I hope this has caused you to think a little bit differently 
and process things a little bit um, more openly. And I hope that it is spurring you to action to where you're not just listening to this podcast, you're not just reading articles, you're not just watching videos, you're not just reading stuff on social media or reading the news, but you're actually taking this in to learn more about others and about yourself and being honest and transparent and vulnerable and truthful about yourself. When we hold up a mirror to ourselves, sometimes we don't see things that we like, but we always have the opportunity to change. We always have the opportunity to grow. And so when I, when I do these podcasts, I'm attempting to get you to understand a little bit more in detail of what's involved in the whole process of change and how we need to start shifting the way we think about change, the way we engage in change, the way we talk about change, the way we think about change, and the way we expect change to look when it comes to things that are important in our lives, in our organizations, and within our society. Because ultimately, the process of change is only gonna be as successful as each of us is. The process of change is only going to go so far as we do. And in the work that I do with organizations and, and, and with people, I facilitate difficult conversations. I help people to understand how to change their thinking. I help them to navigate the uncertainty of feeling just uncomfortable about a process that they're not really used to. But I also help them to see a vision of success. I help them to refocus their efforts into creating something better than what they currently have. We have to focus on the opportunity ahead of us. We have to be mindful of the changes that need to occur within us and we have to be committed to doing the work and walking the talk if we are going to impact and create long-term successful change within ourselves, within our teams, within our organizations, within our communities. I hope this has been helpful to you. Um, you can visit my website at carsgroup.com. That's K-A-R-S-group.com for more information about my services, about how I can come and speak to your organization, um, you know, how you can work with me, um, how you can bring me in to work with your organization and your teams, how I can help you to be equipped, to equip your other people around you um, to embrace and navigate uh, change. You can find me on Mile High Radio. I'm syndicated there twice a week. You can also find updated episodes of my podcast on my website. Um, I am on Spreaker and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and all of these you know, different platforms. And I also have a YouTube channel that you can follow um, in order to get the latest episodes of this podcast as well as other short videos that I do from time to time. Um, I am currently working on my next book called Equip for Change. It is the intersection of learning, engagement, and leadership. And it will give you tips, strategies, tools, best practices, and a step-by-step -step guide of how to equip the people in your organization 
to, to embrace and manage and be successful through the process of change. You can go to my website, sign up for my email newsletter so that you will be the first to be able to get in the updates on when that book is available. I also have my upcoming Cars Academy that is going to be launching. I have an online uh, learning library that is on demand as well as several live webinars um, and training um, opportunities that are going to be coming up in the next couple of weeks. So I am really excited about all of that. But more importantly, I'm excited about this opportunity that we have within the way that the world is right now. And I know for some of you, you think about, you know, this is 2020 is turning out to be like a year of, of, of chaos. But really, 2020 is the year of clarified vision. It is an opportunity for us to take a really hard look at the things about ourselves and our society and our communities and our organizations that have not been working well for all of us. And to really take a hard look at that and make some changes to make sure that things are going to be different and better. So take advantage of the opportunity, reach out to me, give me feedback, let me know how this has been helpful for you and how you've been able to apply it. And as always, always be safe, be sane, and be sanitized. This is Keisha Rivers, Chief Outcome Facilitator and President of the CARS Group, where we facilitate outcomes by equipping people to embrace and manage change. Until next time, make it a great one.